all of us. Everyone at the state's academic medical center. All working together to deliver complete care now and for generations to come. All over the state, including hospital and clinic locations from the Delta to the Gulf Coast. All for one reason. You. The University of Mississippi Medical Center. All for your health. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit provides information on how you can lead a healthy lifestyle. I'm the host, Josie Bidwell. Search for and subscribe to Southern Remedy on any podcasting app to not miss any episode. Thanks for listening. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, Professor of Pediatrics at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. So, relatively speaking, is the show about you and your family and your relationships. And now, over the last probably 10 years that I've done this show, We've covered so many topics that relate to family relationships and a myriad of other topics that affect us and our lives. But as my producer, Jay White, and I were talking about sort of what we wanted to do in the future, we decided to circle back um, to focus on the relationship issue. So today, I'm calling this sort of Relationship 101. Um, what What is a relationship? You know, it seems that so many of us are struggling with, with who we are relating to. Um, it, it might be just a work relationships, or it could be friends or family or parents particularly or siblings particularly. And so... You know, I I think that for so so many of us, and we keep hearkening back to COVID, um, but COVID nineteen truly did sort of change the way we related to people, and so much of our relationships started moving into more um, social media uh, connections, and then as the pandemic has has abated a bit and people are out and about more and everybody is is trying to reconnect i guess the question is are we really reconnecting in our relationships in the correct way um and are we really moving forward as we should in making sure that we have good relationships now, everybody has them, right? Some enhance our lives. Um, some don't. And some are not good for us and can make life more difficult. We're going to talk about that as we move through through this. But um, what I want to do is sort of set the stage of what a relationship should be, no matter if it is a relationship with a child or a parent, a spouse, um, a friend, 
or maybe even an animal. Um, you know, we all, they're, they're fabulous um, friend relationships that people have with their with their animal and sometimes you know you hear um that that those animals sometimes can can be more of a favorite um than than even people and there are some reasons for that you know um abram uh nanny who's with us today because jay is out abram as as we were talking before the show um we were talking about just relationships in general, and I think sometimes people misconstrue when you say relationship. They're thinking about it's a, a peer relationship with with many times even the opposite sex and kind of forget that there there's so many different types of relationships. Right. Yeah. Well, when you sent the topic for today, I thought that's what it was going to be, was just the, you know— spouse or romantic type relationship but right so you fooled me even I, I did so i don't i want everybody to to open their minds up and think about all the different relationships that you have and i can list them but i think just just open open it up and and think about the the different kinds the work relationships the family relationships and how perhaps they've changed and and are you doing the right thing to maintain the relationships that you want to maintain and and are you doing the right thing in um, perhaps washing your hands of the relationships that that are not good for you. And we'll talk about those toxic relationships as we move along. They're not, again, they're not just those opposite sex to- toxic relationships, um, but they are uh, toxic relationships that perhaps are occurring in, in family, um, Maybe in work, or maybe people who you call your friend who are perhaps not enhancing your life and how you you might need to work on that and figure out what that is. Because a relationship, some people think, oh, if you say relationship, you're thinking positive. But there can be some pretty negative relationships out there that can that can cause strife and stress. And, you know, I'm all about um, trying to de-stress our lives. And there's plenty of stress out there um, and, and stress that can be alleviated by having the right friends and people around you. And that can be exacerbated by having the wrong. So as we move along, that's where I want to go. I want to talk about what do you do if if those happen but maybe before i get into that we can kind of describe different relationships so that you can understand how they can vary greatly and all can be really important in your your lives so um Listeners, feel free to join any time. I'd love to hear from you about, you know, what what do you find the most important in a relationship? When do you know 
that you need to stop associating with an individual. And and how, how do you do that? What do you do? Do you know how to pull yourself to separate back? Do you know what the definition of a really good relationship is? And again, now, we will have a separate show about couple relationships and romantic relationships. Because as we move through this series, I want to talk about things like the the adult parent-child relationship, about how when the adult, quote, child turns into more of the caretaker. We'll be talking about that. We'll also um, be, be talking about just the friend-to-friend relationships. But there's some things I want to throw out there as we're moving along because um, one type of relationship is a platonic relationship. That's that's a, a, a relationship, a type of friendship that's close. Um, there might be an intimate bond, but there's no sex or romance. And I can remember a few years ago I did a show on can men and women just be friends? And um, that was an interesting show. Um, Abram, I, I saw you just rolled your eyes on that one. Tell me what you think. Um, I, I'm curious to go back and listen to that to see what everyone said about that. Yeah. Because I feel that men and women can be friends mm-hmm. um, just with appropriate boundaries and appropriate priorities in their lives yeah. um, without it being romantic. But I know that there are some some takes about that that disagree with me entirely. Oh, I I had a caller who called in and he um he was almost angry at me, vehemently said um men and women cannot be friends. And I think um as the conversation went on it became very clear that what had happened to him is that his former wife had become friends with a man and and then apparently it rolled into something more and he he felt like that it was all because um they were friends and did things together and that the the romance evolved my opinion was perhaps there was something that was missing in their relationship that had not been fostered, and perhaps she was looking for something different. I'm not saying she was right, but it was one of those things. So listeners, as we step through this, I would like to hear what you think. Can can men and women have a platonic relationship, a friendship where they mutually respect each other, that they feel close, and they can be honest with each other, but but not end up lovers. And and that that's a uh, one of those issues that perhaps it works for some and not for others. I don't know that answer. I do have male friends. Um, but I would say that my husband is my best friend. And and I think he says that about me. Um, and and so I, I don't think either one of us ever feel any kind of jealousy about each other having platonic friend relationships with with um, people of the opposite sex. 
I don't know. Right. Well, I I have several platonic female friends, but they are also tied to my they're the girlfriends of my closest guy friends as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that already sets up a, a relationship that like you're going to be a part of regardless. And then you might as well just make it as much of a friendship as you can, yeah. if that makes sense. It does. I like that. I think that that's one of those things that that like I think you said a good word. Um, making sure that you're setting boundaries and during the friendship, not implying that there could be more. And I think all of us know that it's not just words, but it's body language. It's the way you present yourself. There there are plenty of ways where you can set boundaries without um, saying, now, keep in mind, this is all about being friends and nothing else. And so... When do you need to get rid of a relationship, and and how how can you maybe foster a good relationship to make sure that it continues in that vein? I think one thing that happened um, while we were um, in the COVID era, as I will call it now, um, is that we didn't foster relationships very well um you know we were we were isolated and we were to ourselves we got used to only communicating via text or social media or something and so we 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 just kind of got lazy in relationships and some friendships probably went by the wayside so there's something not something, there are several things that we need to do to make sure that we don't let go of a good um, relationship. And so as we are um, moving along, just a reminder that fostering things that you can do to foster good relationships are out there. And I, I I'd love to hear from our listeners about what what do you do to do that because I think that laziness or or that separation that we had has got to go away because I think it was very destructive in general to our society and and very hurtful to everyone's sense of well-being. And I I do believe that some of that has caused a bit of wariness, suspiciousness, and, you know, at arm's length that I think many of us didn't have a few years ago. So... um, I will say, I, I look fondly on the pandemic era of relationships because I think... When you're not automatically seeing people at, you know, a lot of times you see people at church or you see people at the grocery store, you just go out. When you're not automatically seeing them with your routine, you have to be more intentional about texting them or messaging them on social media. And it's actually during the time that my wife and I reconnected and we we started dating during the pandemic because I messaged her on social media. That's the 21st century for you. Everyone, thank you for listening to this 24-year-old tell you about relationship advice and what happened with me. Um, I know that sounds like a young person thing, but that that is what happened. And I look very fondly on pandemic relationships because of that. 
Well, Abram, you know, that's interesting that you say that because my son, um, who's now 31, um, had met but really connected with the now, I do believe, love of his life um, at the very beginning of the pandemic. They they knew each other and they were friends and kind of hung out together and developed that pod and and then reconnected. And and now, you know, they're they have a really tight, loving relationship. And so thank you for that 24 year old view, because I bet there are several people out there who have that same story. I really do. Let's go to our first caller. We have Kat in Mobile. So, hey, Kat, thanks for calling, starting us off. Good morning. How are y'all doing? Doing well. So um, you asked several questions, so I'll just answer what I can remember. Okay. Um, I, I do think it's possible for men and women to, um, to have platonic relationships and be respectful of one another and just appreciate the person for who they are. Um, as the guest was saying, you can have mutual friendships, and um, that's a good place to have that boundary, but also have an appreciation, and you don't really have to wonder if someone is, like, secretly crushing on you on the, you know, on the inside, but they don't want to say it, and then it comes out on down the line. You know, that kind of um, prevents a, a barrier in that sense for the relationships he was talking about. Right. Um, but just in a general sense, um, there's a book that I read, or I listened to a summary of an audio book, mm-hmm. and it's uh, called How Full Is Your Bucket? And my husband told me about that book. Um, it's by, was it Tom Rath and Donald Clifton? But How Full Is Your Bucket? And one of the things that it talks about is how do you, how do you manage your relationships? Do you pour into people's buckets to fill them up? Or do you deplete people's buckets with your conversation, with your problems or issues? And just looking at that, um, how many people pour into you or how many people are depleting you, and also how are you doing it to other people? And that's given me a really good um, opportunity, I guess, to take inventory on my relationships and then if I'm pouring into people or if I'm taking away from somebody's bucket. Does that make sense? It makes wonderful sense. It really does. And and that's part of making sure that you have a relationship that you're you're fostering, you're feeding, you're nurturing, um, versus um damaging or depleting. And so I I love that, Kat. And and I think that we all need to be cognizant of of what kind of friend we're being, whether it's a romantic friendship, whether it's a parent-child relationship um, in the adult world or, or what it is. But I think so many times we get shouldered with individuals who are depleting our bucket, who are emptying the bucket and and not adding thing back anything back to it. And and I think that you know not just talking about whether or not we need to get rid of people who are doing that to us, but let's talk about are we doing some really good introspection? 
Are we making sure that we are are enhancing um, enhancing someone's life, enhancing that friendship, adding to the bucket? So that's a good one, Kat. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. Y'all have a great day. Thank you. You know that I think. W- That is actually part that I was going to get to later in the show. But I think it's important for us to keep that in mind is is if we are not giving something back to a friendship, then perhaps we are those friends that other people need to get get rid of. And we don't want that to happen. We're going to go to our next caller. Um, We have um, Tina on the line um, who wants to remain private about where she is. So, hi, Tina. Tell us what your thoughts are. Uh, I'm calling because I have a very uh, trying situation Mm -hmm. with uh, a person who is uh, on the other side of the duplex where I live. Uh Uh-huh. And she has practically taken over my life. She doesn't drive, and she's forever asking me to go pick up this or go do this for her or take her somewhere. And uh, also, she has even uh, tried to get, uh, and when I say abusive, I'm not talking about physically, but being demeaning of me. Mm. And uh, I am just at a loss as what to do. She's she's disabled and she does need help. Uh, I, she's she's considering moving, and you know we started out as jolly good friends, and now I'm hoping she does move. So. It is are you saying that she essentially is asking you to do everything for her and demanding your time, yeah. or is it more using you as an errand runner and the like? Both. Mm-hmm. Both. Does she ever? Does she ever do anything for you? Does she ever? Yeah. So yes. talk talk about that. What does she do? Okay, so she when she fixes supper, she uh, sends over a plate to me if her grandchildren are, are there, or she calls me and tells me to come over and eat. And uh, that is very nice, but um, it doesn't compensate for the kind of toxic relationship that has uh, evolved. So, okay, I'm hearing. So what if you said when she called for you to come over for a meal, what if you said, oh, I'm busy right now, I'm not able, thank you for the invite, what would she do? She's very offended, Mm. highly offended, hurt. Yeah. And so have you tried to sit down and talk with her about the fact that um, you do have your own life and that perhaps there are times you 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 want her to be 
your friend, but there are times when you are just not able to jump when she says jump. Uh, you could put that in kinder terms, but have have you tried to draw the line and said say something about I just cannot do that? Uh, I have, and again, she's very offended and hurt. Uh, says you don't understand what it's like not to have a car. Uh, she, um, I have tried, and it's. I have feel like I have made headway, headway, but then uh, the lines get blurred again. Yeah, it just doesn't uh, seem like there's any way to get out of this. And at one time, I thought she was mad at me. And I was rejoicing about that. I thought maybe she won't speak to me anymore. But uh, I don't know. It's just hard. So, Tina, let me let me give you a couple of suggestions about this. Uh-huh. Okay. It, okay. It sounds like you need to be very upfront about, uh-huh. about where you stand with this um, and yeah. where the, the quote, friendship is because I I don't know if you could hear what our first caller cat was talking about filling your bucket up or emptying your bucket out. I did. Yeah. So I think that if you will make yourself think in those terms that this is this is not a good mutual friendship. This is not a sharing friendship. And I'm not saying that every friendship is always equal. Um, there there often is where uh, a time when maybe one friend is able, maybe due to time or talent or treasure or whatever it is, better able to give a little more to the friendship. But this sounds very um, um, lopsided and very an attempt to manipulate. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I don't know how long she has lived next to you, but apparently she had to do something to survive before. Um, it sounds like she's got some family because she she, does. she has she does. people around her, yet she is relying on you to be mm-hmm. essentially the sole caretaker. And right. um, trying to, it sounds like you're in a very codependent, lopsided relationship. That's what my daughter said, that, yeah. that we have become codependent. And so this is my recommendation that you let her know that you care about her, you let her know that you care about what happens to her, but you cannot be her regular errand runner caretaker, Um, Mm -hmm. that you will let her know when you are going out to run errands, and you will check with her to see if she needs something, but you will not be able in the future to make separate trips just for her. And, you know, you can draw the line, but here's where it gets tough. Mm -hmm. You have to be consistent. This is all about behavioral medicine. When somebody is trying to push and get their way, what you have to do is lay down the rules, and then you have to stay true to the rules. If Mm -hmm. she gets upset and says, well, you're being selfish and you don't understand, Mm-hmm. You can say, I do understand, and I've told you when I'll be able to help you out. 
Mm-hmm. And um, I will give you a call. And if she mm-hmm. doesn't want to speak to you, what I would do the next time you get ready to go to the grocery store, run an errand, you can call and say, I'm going to be out. Do you need something? And if she says no, then say, okay, just checking on you. If she says yes, and then I need you to do this, this, and this, say, no, I'm going here, and I can do these things for you. But mm-hmm. you've, got, you've got to empower yourself. You've got to make yourself draw a line and stay true to it. And this, this works, I mean, I... I know there are many adult children out there who are listening and have parents, older parents, who perhaps do the same kind of thing that is being done to you. Um, And so this this will work in almost any friend situation, but codependent situations are not good. Especially when they're, you know, if there's a back and forth codependency, I guess some people say those are probably okay. But when yeah. it's when it's totally lopsided like this, when your bucket's being emptied, you've got to draw a line, and it is not your responsibility. It sounds like you've got a very kind heart, and I commend you for that. But but it's it's bad for you to have these feelings. It's bad for your your mental health. So I highly encourage you to sit down, write down what you're going to say, then say it and repeat it as many times as you have to, to, to develop confidence in it. Will you give that a try? I will. And there are two words that you said in particular. Now, everything that you said sounds really good, but the word consistent I've got to be consistent about this. Yes. And I have to grow a spine and be kind. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, you do want to be kind in it, and you can do that. But it, it may take um, what I call pregnant silence when she says something mean. It may, um, may be that you just need to clamp your mouth shut and realize you don't always have to give a response back. If you give a few seconds of silence, that individual will know they they cross the line. And and I, I think it's a very, very effective communication technique. You've been very, very helpful. Thank you so much. Well, you are welcome. Call back and let us know how it goes as we move through this series. I'd love to hear. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Thank you. Okay, we've had some good callers, but we're going to go on to Belle in Yazoo City, who's been patiently waiting. Hi, Belle. Thanks for calling. Well, hello, and thank you for taking my call. I just wanted to say if that last caller is still listening, uh, there is a wonderful service here in Yazoo County for the elderly, and um I don't know if that's available in some of the smaller counties, but it might be because it's funded three ways. And they are wonderful about taking the elderly to uh, grocery stores and wherever they have to go around town, I think, daily. And then uh, on Mondays, they run people to specialists in Jackson. And uh, it's a wonderful service, and they could probably call the courthouse in your community to find out. And, uh, I mean, she could give that to that woman as a referral. And uh, I, I can't 
see well enough to drive anymore. But uh, when I go to the ophthalmologist in Jackson, I ride the train because it comes right through here. And I don't have to bother anybody for a ride. And I have a neighbor that takes me around, but I share gas with him in the mornings. So I just wanted to throw that out, that you know, to help the caller have some referrals ready, too, besides telling her about the situation. Right. Thank you. That's a great... Go ahead, Belle. I listen on the radio. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much, um, Belle. Thank you for your call. And and you are so right. There there are many community services out there that that service the elderly. Some are are church related. Um, some are county supported. Um, the extension offices that are supported that are run by Mississippi State University. If you call your extension offices, you can probably find what services are there. There's one in every county and you can probably call your individual county and find out what type of community services are there. Also, like I mentioned, uh, many, many of the churches have um, have such. And so there, there are other ways to reach out. So, Belle, thank you for your kindness in calling. And it sounds like you have a kind neighbor who helps you out, but you give something back. You share in, you know, supplying the gas. That's what you can do. And so that's adding some to that bucket that we're now talking about. I like that idea. Abram, it looked like you had another comment, too. Uh, yeah, it's just that um, it can't be a one-way street when you're interacting with other people that, you know, are helping you or anything like that. Like, I I went through a pretty rough time in my life where I broke my leg. I was not able to walk for a while, and I had to completely depend upon my family, who I lived with at the time, for everything. And I hated that, mm-hmm. and I hated how much I needed to do that. But it was, at the time, what I needed in my life. Um, and then later, you know, I was able to finally, you know, I, I got back up and I was able to contribute more and help around the house more and stuff. So it's just that, you know, I've been in that situation and I know it doesn't feel good to me. And I can't imagine like just fully taking advantage of someone's kindness like that. Right. But I, clearly some people do. Um, it just, it, it hurts to hear that. They, they do. And, and, um, I'm wonder how much of that is that individuals are perhaps depressed or um, sad, anxious, um, feel that that life's given them a bad deck, a bad card um, dealing um, and and are taking it out on others. I imagine you were sad and upset being a young um man um and and having to be down and dependent on others that doesn't feel good and i can remember another show that we did one time when we were talking about people who who had to be cared for and and um someone called in who who was um unable to get around and she called in and said I hope 
you all understand that it feels bad to be in that position and nobody wants to have to be taken care of. Now, I don't know if that's completely true. I think some people want take advantage of situations like that, but I know there are a lot of people out there who are are very unhappy about having to be cared for. And it sounded like it was a bad time in your life when you you were having to be dependent. Right? right. Yeah. It was it was rough for me, but also on the other end of the spectrum, it is something that I just had to swallow my pride for um, because it was a necessity for my life. So to have other people help me. Um, so like if, if someone is listening and needs like that assisted living and needs to be taken to the grocery store by someone who, you know, uh, just some community program service program, then to swallow the pride that like I had to, um, Mm -hmm. and just, uh, not take advantage of it, but admit yourself, admit to yourself that you can't do it anymore and that you do need help. That you need help. And and I think the other thing to, to also remember is if it is a transient or if it is a long period of time that you need help, the importance of being, being very careful to be thankful and grateful um, and to give back what you can um, when you're doing that and, and to give back what you can may be that – if you're you're stuck in a house, offer to cook something for someone else or if offer to do laundry. I mean, there are so many simple ways you could return a favor um, that don't mean um, having to be ambulatory, able to walk and run about and and do things. So it may be that, yes, you feel like you have to be dependent on other people, but you can give back. There are things you can do to give back. If you just make yourself get out of yourself and and allow yourself to, to figure out, okay, um, I know they just did this for me, and, and now what can I do as, as a, a mode of thanks for that? I don't know. I I think there there are ways. Okay, we have another caller, Nancy from Brookhaven, who has has another comment about helping neighbors out. Nancy, thanks for calling. Hi, how are you today? Doing great, thanks. Yeah, my uh, my comment is about you know the uh, like I said the the kind hearted person who um, gets taken advantage of by, you know, the um, entitled neighbor or family member or friend. And uh, so there's, uh, in this day and age, it seems like there's a sense of entitlement. And and then if you don't do what other people say, they get mad and and they take it as um, disagreement means rejection mm-hmm. in, their, in their mind and eyes, um, which, you know, it doesn't. But, like, that's... I believe that stems back to like a like mental illness, and you know the big catchphrase these days is narcissistic personality disorder. And how do you deal with uh, friends and family? When, I mean, because apparently I'm surrounded by these types of people. Um, a husband, ex-husband that was one, and I didn't know what I was going through at the time. And after I got out of that relationship, I'm like, what happened? I mean, it was 15 mm-hmm. years, mm-hmm. and. And then I come back, move back to Mississippi, and oh my gosh, my mother, you know, I I moved away for, you know, 25, 30 years, and I come back, and it's like, oh my gosh, my mother is this way, and so is my 
sister and somewhat my brother and and I'm like oh my oh my gosh you know and so I had to learn real quick like how can I have a relationship um, communication with these people mm-hmm. and the only way you know it's it's what some uh, psychologists call going deep uh, you know don't take uh, don't explain don't uh, engage and don't take anything personally because any of that poison or whatever or, or entitlement that they're spewing at you isn't about you uh, it's, it's about them and they're projecting that onto you and you know, to, to uh, numb their pain or to take their um, their mind off of whatever trauma they've been through, um, which I've heard that most of it stems back from early childhood. Mm-hmm. And but like I said, there there's you know phrases that you can use. Um, you know, like when the lady said, um, you know, well, you know, have you ever told her that you know you can't do it? And she says, oh, you know, she's hurt and offended or whatever. You know, and, and what I've learned is, you know, you can say like, um, well, you know, you're allowed to feel that way or, um, you know, thank you for letting me know how you feel. And what it does, it basically like shuts that type of person, uh, if we wanted to call them a narcissist, you know, just for the sake of, um, you know, having a label um, on, you know, because, you know, most people and, and you can't really talk to normal sane individuals about these people because they don't it's like they don't believe they exist it's like oh yes they do right maybe maybe it's because um you know I, i'm not saying i'm a um you know a super empath but um uh and, and like with my family members they're like well you just think different than we do and i'm like well yeah i believe i do <laughs> you know <laughs> well i think they're Nancy, first of all, it's not surprising that you got into a relationship with with a man and married him um, who who sort of treated you similarly to what you you experienced in your family. I think so many times we think that's normative. We think that right you didn't know better and so so you you know when you were being treated a certain way in a relationship it you thought that's the way relationships were supposed to be but i think i'm glad to hear that that you were learning i love what you just said earlier and i want to reinforce your your comment about um i'm glad you let me know how you feel or you can say, I'm sorry you feel that way. Or I heard you say that you were upset with me. You can turn the words however you wish. But just to verify that you heard them and then to be able to repeat the original statement. But I still have to do things this way. Or this is still the way I'm going to move forward. Or however you you want to say it. But uh, I think that the, the ability to learn how, instead of getting upset also, it's wonderful to just sort of repeat what they said or say what you heard. So I heard that you would prefer this, 
Um, and I understand how you feel, but these are my feelings. Um, so I think dealing with things to to make sure that there's clear communication is one of the best things that you can do. And so, Nancy, I, I guess I have a question. So um, has it has it worked well for you? Have you been able to um, develop new friendships that are good for you and have have allowed you to feel more happy? Um, yes and no. Uh, the, the family, um, you know, there's such a dysfunctional dynamic. Um, you know, we, we grew up in a family of, um, competitiveness. Mm. Kid, you know, mother was a victim. Um, father was, uh, you know, he was extremely extroverted and, you know, with, um, uh, you know, extramarital affairs and, and like my mother was just always the victim. And, you know, and telling her kids about it. And I was mm. like, really? No, I mean, that's, <laughs> I don't want to know that, you know? Mm. I mean, no. and even, you know, later in life, you know, when, you know, in our own relationships, because I've talked to one of my sisters about it, and she says, yeah, she says, you, you know, you can't even talk to your own mother about it because, you know, uh, they always flip it back to, oh, well, you know, well, you don't think I went through that? Well, no, I'm, I'm sure you did, you know, but we're not talking about you right now. Right, you know? it turns back <laughs> around. And that that truly yeah. is an individual who has some narcissistic personality, or at least what I call it is egocentric, that it always yeah. turns back to them. And so, um, yeah, those are not healthy relationships. And um, so the best thing, because you can't, you can't shed yourself of your family totally. I'd never encourage that. But what you can do is distance yourself. When there's an individual who is not improving and enhancing your life, you can distance yourself. You can say, yes, we can get together for this meal. But as soon as negative talk starts, you can you can say, I'm not listening to this anymore. You can say, it's time for me to leave and and I will see you next time. Enjoy the meal and step away. So I think learning to draw the lines is is a, a really important piece of making sure that you have good relationships in your life and that they are enhancing you. Yeah, so. like I said, you know, they all lived uh, you know, within uh, you know, fifty miles of Brookhaven their whole lives. Um, you know, and, and I moved away, you know, to the Northwest and was gone for 30 years, you know, and of course moved back because of the divorce and, and then, and then taking care of my elderly dad, um, who, you know, they were both in nursing homes and then, uh, living facilities. And then my dad had a heart attack and was knocked down so far. He needed 24 hour care. So we brought him home. And then, I mean, any, any, and we, I did this for um, a year, just him and me and two other uh, sitters, um, and with no family members yeah. coming to help. Yeah, and, Nancy, uh, it sounds like you were just in a really tough situation. We are... Um, in the last few seconds of uh, this show on relationships, and I just want to go over a couple of real quick things before we end. And um, Nancy, I hope you'll call back. Um, we're going to continue this 
series as we move along. But just a couple of things on a healthy relationship. Remember that when something, somebody, a friend, family does something for you, show appreciation and, and gratitude. Make sure that you communicate openly and honestly and that you're respectful and, and affectionate, that you actively listen Active listening is one of the most important things you can do. And then to be be supportive and be caring. So I want to thank everybody for listening and calling in, and um, we're going to keep doing this. So Southern Remedy is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Think Radio, and funding is provided in part by a grant from the University of Mississippi Medical Center and also support from listeners just like you. If you'd like to hear this podcast again or any past episodes, you can listen to the podcast on your favorite app by searching Southern Remedy Relatively Speaking. This show is a production of MPB Think Radio and was engineered by Abram Nanny today. Thank you, Abram. Our call screener was Tim Brown. Thank you, Tim. And I'm Dr. Susan Buttress. I hope you'll join us next Tuesday at 11 for Relatively Speaking on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.